What's up, Big East Nation, from Friartown to somewhere in middle America? Welcome inside the Igloo. I'm Timmy Ice. I hope you all enjoyed your Mother's Day weekend. You know, if you did get to spend it with your mothers like I did, I hope you genuinely enjoyed it all. So... As we move forward, let's talk about what's happened recently. A lot of swirling speculations in the major headline about the status of Mac McClung for next season. In the words of the Clash, is he going to stay or is he going to go? I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen. Because initially... It looked like, according to Patrick Ewing, he was going to be back. But according to his agent, he's still listening to offers from NBA teams. So, based on that report, it looks like he is not necessarily all in to coming back to Georgetown for his junior year. So, the return of the Mac, not quite yet. Does it mean that there's no way he's going to come back? Absolutely not. It's just that, okay, that report just happened to be untrue. Now, what do I think that he's going to do? Personally, I advise that he come back for his junior year. Because, at least in my opinion, he's still got a lot to prove. At Georgetown, and undoubtedly, this will be his team next year if he chooses to come back. Now that Omer Yurtseven's gone, declaring for the draft, which is another major headline, Georgetown really doesn't have anybody else who could be that guy for them, like Mac McClung can. Javon Blair could in spots, but not consistently. You couldn't really get that from Jamarco Pickett. And you obviously can't get that right now from Kudus Wahab. In my opinion, I think it's best for Mac to come back, but whatever he does, again, this is his decision and not mine. So whatever he does... More power to him. But if I were in his shoes, you know, I'd still be listening to what NBA teams would be saying. But in the end, I feel like I would need a lot of information for me to want to go. And who knows what he's hearing right now from these teams? Who knows? So, Georgetown, that wasn't really the news they were hoping for. Meanwhile, Marquette got news that they were hoping for, as we already talked about one big transfer that they landed. As they got DJ Carton from Ohio State, and they added another big name, 
from the transfer portal, and that was former Gardner Webb guard Jose Perez, who averaged 15 points, four assists, and six and a half boards a game in his sophomore year for the Bulldogs. However, he did sit out the last 10 games of the season due to personal reasons. Similar to DJ Carton. And presumably, um, according to the Marquette Wire and Matt Yeasel, who wrote a great article, they will both of them will be applying for NCAA waivers to play right away next year. And man, if... The both of them could get those waivers approved. This Marquette team is going to be up there as one of the very best in the Big East next season. With the especially if both of them are eligible, because you add you know your returners, you get Brendan Bailey coming back, Theo John in the middle, Jamal Kane, Kobe McEwen. This team has the potential to make some noise in the Big East, especially if both Carton and Perez are eligible for the upcoming season. And this kind of comes as a bit of a surprise, especially after losing, you know, one of the greatest scorers, not just, I mean, obviously he's the greatest scorer in the history of the Big East, but one of the greatest scorers in the history of college basketball in Marcus Howard. Kind of like with Seton Hall, they're not just rebuilding, they're reloading out in Milwaukee. I think Wojo is kind of on a mission now, you know, to really build up that program and get them ready to win at a high level and actually, you know, make a run in the tournament, at least win one tournament game. So... That's obviously the goal in Milwaukee, and, you know, he answered those critics about, you know, failing in the tournament, you know, making two appearances and then losing both games in blowout fashion, no less. You know, 2017, they got blown out by South Carolina, and in 2019, they got blown out by John Morant and Murray State. Who, knew, who knows what could have happened in 2020? Well, I, I'll tell you on future episodes of the Igloo, because I did, and I can't believe I forgot about all this. You know, we, we were supposed to have March Madness this year before coronavirus wiped it out. But I'm going to do a little May Madness instead, so I will let you know, you know, with all the simulations and everything, I will be sharing uh, through tweets and on this podcast, the results of what happened in the March Madness simulation based on the bracket I provided. Uh, Meanwhile, around the Big East, Seton Hall got some big news as they landed Trey Jackson from Missouri. Obviously, um, that was something I talked about Earlier, but they added 
one final piece to the... Uh, they added one more piece to the puzzle as they landed a class of 2020 recruit three-star center Jeff Gondu. And Gondu picked the Pirates over Western Kentucky, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, West Virginia, LSU, Georgetown, Oregon State, Kansas State, and several others. And major reason why, according to Gondu, the relationship that he's got between uh, with him and uh, assistant coach Dwayne Woodward. So this guy, pretty solid, 6'9", 225 pounds. Well, by major recruiting services, he's he's unranked, but, I mean, just look at what some of the big men have been able to do after being unheralded. Look at what Rogill's been able to do, especially... So Gondu, again, the originally from the Congo and from Orangeville Prep in Ontario. So, again, that's the final piece that the Pirates have added in South Orange for Kevin Willard and his staff for the 2021 season, presumably. Now the question is, you know, with everything going on, obviously you got to get that lineup set up with, you know, it's Kyle Molson being eligible next year. Um, what are they going to do in terms of size? Are they going to let Iko Biagu start at center and maybe have either Miles Kell or Jared Roden be the sixth man? They got options. But, you know, I don't want to dive too deeply into that, you know? But, there's a lot more to come on the Igloo. And coming up next, last week, there was a big event for Villanova fans everywhere as the age-old debate as to which of the recent national championship teams for Jay Wright was the better. Was it 2016 or 2018? Well, this past Monday night, on Twitch... Through a simulation of an NBA 2K20, that debate was settled once and for all and for a good cause. As I've got the event organizer and the host, two former Villanova players on the 2016 team, Kevin Rafferty, Daryl Reynolds. They'll join me next here on the Igloo, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back inside the Igloo, a major a major event that has happened recently. Um, debate has raged on amongst Villanova fans as to which of the championship teams from recent years was better, 2016 and 2018. Well, our next guest played a major role in making that debate finally come to an end. They were members of the 2016 championship team. Back for his third time, my man for the State 2 Network, and Biggie's Digital, Daryl Reynolds, and then the man who orchestrated the event also on the 2016 team, Kevin Rafferty. Guys, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having, Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Well, Kev, I'm going to start with you. Um, obviously, this debate's been going on for at least a year between 
you know, who's better, 2016 or 2018? Uh, how did it come about organizing this event to raise money while also finally settling uh, this debate among <laughs> Villanova fans as to yeah, – it was – Go ahead. Uh, no, it, it was it was honestly all born out of just uh, you know about over a month ago. Uh, we kind of organized a Zoom chat because we just wanted to check in with each other and see how everyone was doing. Uh, you know, this quarantine and all the difficult things that are going on in the world has created opportunities for people to kind of reconnect and check in. And um, you know, we had a big like a Zoom happy hour. I think there was what there were like sixteen, seventeen guys on that the first night. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after that, we kind of had a lot of energy, a lot of spirit towards doing another one. And then kind of organically an idea came where it was like, well, let's do something productive uh, with with all this energy we have and and doing something together. And the idea was kind of like, well, how can we help out, you know, do our little part in, in trying to you know make the community or the world a better place? Um, and then we thought of. Uh, you know, kind of using the fun little silly debate that we have of 16 versus 18 and turning into something that could try and raise some money. Um, on the first Zoom call, Daryl, you remember we had a rule, no one could bring it up. No one could bring up 16 versus 18 because it just ends up going down a rabbit hole of arguments over stats and um, all kinds of, you know, funny, ridiculous debates. But then that second Zoom call, we had a, uh, I think it was the second one we did ratings where we went and we spent like three hours rating each other and <laughs> giving each other 2k ratings and as you can imagine that was that was the best one because that was only supposed to be like an hour it was like three hours we were on there for yeah um, no ronnie necessary either <laughs> what was that no ronnie 2k needed either <laughs> no no it was just uh we had we had like a very unofficial system of using the chat box and we would just throw someone's initials in there and everyone just had to like throw out a rating and then like people would defend themselves or argue to be lower or higher. It was pretty funny. Um, and then, you know, from there we realized that, you know, we needed a, someone who could actually logistically make it happen. Um, none of us are, you know, production uh, companies or know exactly how to get something like this all off the ground. And uh, a company called E-Star Studios and WSOE, they stepped up and they volunteered all their time and service and just absolutely crushed it. And they just, uh, you know, spent the past few weeks with us uh, making this an awesome production. And, and it really shows with the production value. And it was a lot of fun to do. And they made it so easy. So um, it was awesome. It really was. I, and it, I watched it. And for uh, those that haven't seen it yet, uh, Kev, it, it's still available to rewatch, correct? Yes, it is. It's still at uh, twitch.tv slash WSOE. I believe it's still on youtube.com slash WSOE. I believe it'll be on for uh, at least a few more weeks. Um, I'll see exactly, you know, what the plan is after that for it. But it, 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 it was funny. I rewatched it this morning, or, or sorry, late last night um, after, and the rewatch was, was even funnier than, than live because you get to pick up on all the things that Daryl and I kind of missed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was great. It really was. It was fun. Yeah. And I mean, the production was just incredible, especially the open. I was like, wow, 
Like, th- like this is yeah. this is no joke. Like, I mean, y'all are y'all were taking this seriously. Randy Foy, Nova Legend, narrating the open, and then D Ray coming in as the host. I feel like amongst you guys to have D Ray as the host was obviously the given, and then on top of that, uh, having a couple great interviews, especially one with something I never thought I'd see in a million years, and that was a bearded Jay Wright. <laughs> How was that, um, Daryl? It was good. Man. It was weird. I'm not going to lie because he was so, like, candid. I did not expect him to share that Daniel story at all about us being stuck in a hotel. I thought he was going to kind of politic that answer, but he, he he chose sides, you know, when I asked him who he'd rather be stuck in quarantine with and shared a lot of stories. It was great, but I ain't going to hold you. I felt the same way, too. When he hopped up there without with that beard on, I was like, oh, this is – this is real. This is all access. Let's do it. Like, take a picture. It'll last longer. <laughs> well, overall, though, I mean, the funny thing is with those teams, there ended up being, you know, a little bit of a crossover uh, between a couple a couple guys, mainly, you know, Jalen Brunson, Phil Booth, Mikhail mm-hmm. Bridges being the main ones. Uh, but overall, I mean, it was interesting to see how the screen was divided between 16 and 18 some of the trash talk that was going on um overall just like how could you feel the vibe just as the event wore wore on and especially as the game got tight in the simulation well it was funny because i think a lot of us felt the same way like at a point we forgot that we were you know being streamed because it just felt like our regular zoom calls (laughs) we were just having fun um and that was always the vision. It was always like, hey, can we just keep this type of like same organic energy um, and kind of let, you know, anyone else join, you know, without better words, just kind of joining the the group and the fun. Um, and yeah, it was all like, you know, you have Mikhail and Jalen and Eric, Phil, Matt, Tom, Denny, Peyton, all those guys. Um, and it was just, it was exactly the way it's always been for the past uh zoom calls we've had so you know that that energy was just organic and that i think kind of showed through because that's how everyone felt yeah and not to mention like it shows that side that not really most i mean some villanova fans but most big east fans like myself didn't really see i mean eric pascal i mean for a from my perspective, he just looks like just an absolute bruiser. And, you know, like, you know, I wouldn't want to step in front of him or just say hi. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, he's part of my language, but he's scared the shit out of me. But I mean, just watching him, you know, like watching him talk, he's like, I'm like, all right, this is, this is a dude I'd vibe with. I mean, I would, I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to approach and like just real, real easy approach. And it was just really cool just to see, the lighter side of the guys that, you know, you know, made such an incredible run. I mean, not just once, but twice in the span of three years. But um, just going back to uh, the overall reception of the event, uh, what have you guys heard from uh, not just Villanova fans, but really anyone who's giving you any feedback? Daryl? How about yeah. I say, it's been great. Um I was actually like, I had my phone, you know, in my hand during the event and several people, like as it was going on, was just like, this is hilarious. Like, yo, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was like, y'all guys really are just going at each other. Um, and then afterwards, just hearing how people liked it, not only for the the banter and the game and 
the fact that 16 won, but the fact that, uh, you know, it benefited charity. You know, like Kev said, I, I think that was the biggest part for us. It was like, we have this, we can do this to just be entertaining, but if we can get behind something, that'd be great. I actually just looked at it, but we hopped on this call. It's almost at 28,000 and the goal was around 21. Um, so like I said, that to me is, is probably the most rewarding part that, that just, if we can help out, you know what I mean? If we can help out and still chip in, that's, that, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I echo uh, Daryl's sentiments there. I mean, um, I've just heard nothing, but people being like, wow, that was just unique. And that was just fun. It was just a fun hour. Um, and I think, you know, even if someone wasn't a Villanova fan or a college basketball fan, it was just fun to kind of be in that room for an hour. Um, you know, it was definitely fun for us. And that's kind of the feedback we've been hearing from other people. Uh, and then what better way, like Daryl said, to, you know, to, to aim it towards a good cause and you can't beat that. Um, and it was great. It really was. Yeah. And I mean, this was something that, you know, I discovered on my own because, you know, I followed Daryl, I follow chef cause I've interviewed them on the show. Um, you know, in the past, I had Daryl on twice before this. So D-Ray D is now tied uh, for most appearances on my show. So uh, <laughs> feather in the cap there, my man. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate you. But, um, I, you know, I, I was able to see this. I'm like, this is really cool. So, you know, I hit up Nova Nationer, you know, to see, you know, what they knew about or who to hit up. And that led me to Kev. And, you know, that led us to here. Uh but overall, I just wanted, I mean, this has been, at least from my perspective, I mean, I stumbled upon this. So I think it really echoes the fact that kind of outside of the Villanova perspective, not really an, a, it's an underreported story in terms of, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, there's not a lot going on. And in a world where there's not a lot going on, this is still an underreported thing. So I, as a the only Big East basketball podcast out there, unofficially um i wanted to be able to you know give the avenue to um let you guys tell this story of you know how this event came to be why you wanted to do it and it simply came from a zoom call like this but uh let's go back to you guys together being on the 16 team and you know take me back to that time uh obviously the big east is way different now than it was during your championship run in 16. Uh, so, you know, kind of, kind of put me back in the driver's seat uh, during your run in 16, where you guys were, you know, so good in conference at 16 and two, you only lost um, a bizarre game at home against Providence the day after a huge snowstorm hit and then on the road against a really good Xavier team. Um, but let's talk about that Providence game. And uh, Jay talked to uh, Coach Wright talked about it during the inter uh, during Daryl's interview with him at halftime. Uh, that was that whole ball game was just simply insane. But um, if there, uh, what other memories do you have just from the snowstorm that ended up postponing the game to Sunday, and then just <laughs> the insanity of the game itself? Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, Kev, you want to take this one? I just remember the, you know, obviously coach made reference to it, but the quarantine that we had in the hotel. I remember uh, Eric and I were roommates, and, like, we were roommates also, like, back at campus. 
so i remember like he and i both looked at each other like yo we are so sick of seeing each other like we both we, we, we really like each other but we need to like i just remember all of us feeling the exact same way um being stuck in a hotel together for four days um uh, leading up to that game and that's like the memory i have from that you know that game is uh Daryl, I think we like practiced or something that Saturday and it was like snowing like crazy. Uh, we were like the only car on the road or the only bus, you know, the only thing moving on the road. Um, it just, I think just looking back, like it's kind of hard to remember like specific back memories of the games themselves, but you remember things like that. Um, you remember times like that when reference back to that season, like um, being with each other and, uh, little fun memories that you had and like that game specifically that's the one we remember um, but that kind of goes back to the sentiments of like the zoom call which is why we all felt great getting back together and, and you know doing that is to kind of relive those moments and you know recreate them really yeah and I mean the way you were talking about um, you know how you and E were talking about being sick of each other sounded like a married couple there uh, it was I, that was trust me that was not just Ian I that was everybody. There are, oh my god! because yeah. <laughs> yeah, like people don't understand in college athletics, you're already always around each other between the film meetings, the the cold tubs in the locker room. You're definitely gonna have class with several teammates, and then obviously practicing on the road. But like that was just like no, you're not getting away from it. And um, yeah, no, we really, we really were just. Oh, <laughs> that incident, that incident was not about that morning. It was because of everything before. And that oh, was of course, the yeah. tipping point. I mean, eventually you got to blow up. Like, just like, like, just so, something so minimal, like with all this frustration mounting and then to have that little bit can just set you off. I can't, I, I can't even, ima- I can't even imagine. And I don't, in that scenario, you know, I wouldn't blame chef. But just when Jay was telling the story, I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man. It was, I mean, I will say this. I, I give Daniel credit in the grand scheme of things when we look back on it for what it was. It was him going the bat for us as a team. And I, I hate to sound cheesy here, but it was just like he, uh, he really, you know, his attitude was like, y'all expect us to play at a certain level you know, make sure that we're good as far as food goes. So he was going to bat for us as a team, but in the moment, it was one of the funniest things any of us were a part of because it was like, he was not lying. It was legitimately like five in the morning. And we all, we went to sleep at like 10 the night before after having like a two hour film session. And the game just kept getting pushed back. So everybody's like already on edge. Like, man, just let us go home because the game isn't going to happen. But for that to happen- That's true. I I forgot that, Daryl. We didn't even think the game was going to happen. Yeah, like we were at, cause that's why we were so frustrated. He was like, y'all got us trapped in here. Remember like everybody evacuated campus. It was just like this yeah, game not right. going that's to right. actually happen. So then when it did, it was like, all right, wow, we really have to deal with this. All right, well, uh, uh, you know, like that's a great one, but let me one up you here. I don't know if you guys knew about this, but two years ago, um, Seton Hall was playing a game at Providence. And this was during a stretch in February where it was like, I think it was 70 degrees at around that like around that ballpark in terms of how warm it was. The ice underneath the court at the dunk was melting. So mm-hmm. the floor got slippery and mm-hmm. that caused the court to be unplayable 
And Desi, Desi Rodriguez ended up spraining his ankle, missed the next three games as a result. They ended up postponing the game and finished it the next day at noon on campus. <laughs> like, I do remember this. I remember seeing yeah. this. I don't. I was stranded I there, too. Yeah, I remember that. That's yeah. crazy. I was stranded there, too. I was broadcasting that game. Damn. Wow. I did not. I'm, I'm sick I wasn't even paying attention to this. Yeah, I mean, stuff happens in the Big East. I remember that. I do remember that. Only in the Big East, guys. That's yeah. why. That's why it's the best in the country, baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. The yeah, last I mean, conference standing as of last year. And why has it always got to be Providence? It's always in the middle of this horrible, like weird stuff that happens. Because it's just Providence. Everything from their mascot to their location. Mm, don't even get me started on that on Friar <laughs> Don, man. <laughs> Those still gives me nightmares oh. to this day. But, um, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, uh, I definitely want to ask you one thing, one more thing before we, uh, before we transition and, you know, wrapping up and, uh, you know, sending you on your ways uh, to, you know, continue on with the rest of your day. But a lot of people still clamor even to this day about obviously the national championship, uh, you know, everybody talks about across the board, but just amongst the big East, um, that big East championship game between you guys and my guys and that was just honestly I think that was the moment that I think it I mean obviously when you guys won in the championship I think it validated it even more but in terms of the appeal of everything that championship game showed that the Big East was really really back because that was the first time the Big East tournament sold out um in the in the realigned version at the garden that was the first time it sold out in three years um up to that point um so that was an incredible yeah, game yeah, yeah. i'll let you guys take the floor on that no uh, no nah, it was that was crazy that was I, I, i'm not saying i forgot about that but i forgot it how big it was i mean to us we felt like every game was sold out during the biggest tournament time just because of how fun that time of year is and everybody's fans converge on new york but that actual championship game was just Crazy. It was great. That Seton Hall team was good, man. They were very good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. I, I honestly think I, – I love it. I love that, you know, that, that they – not obviously I don't like at all that they won, but I love how much of a game it was because we all know when the conference got realigned, we thought that it would be a matter of, like, people not really respecting it. And, you know, when we had those years of success, it seemed like – it was turning into um, – I remember somebody made a comment about how it's going to be like Gonzaga, where you kind of know who's going to come out of that conference every year. But teams like Seton Hall, quite frankly, teams like Providence, um, Creighton this year, you know, uh, Xavier at times have shown, like, this is a legitimate conference. And I think when everybody's that good and it's that competitive, it's it's like you said, that's what makes it the best conference around. Yeah, and just to think, I mean, you know, it took – until that game – to finally have a sold-out Madison Square Garden um, to play in. And I think that was the first Big East Championship game also in the realignment to be on not just FS1. We're talking Big Fox. And to have that, you know, two old-school teams, two teams close to the sit to NYC. Philly's only a couple hours away. South Orange, New Jersey, you know, that's less than an hour. Two rabid fan bases. I mean, it was literally just – you couldn't have, have imagined a more perfect night and a more perfect game to be played. 
I mean, obviously, um, you guys ended up being more of the benefactors down the line, winning the whole thing. Seton Hall only had the Big East championship. Uh, but, you know, looking back on it now four years and just look at how much the league has transformed uh, and just how, Vill- how much Villanova's continued to transform uh, in general, too. Uh, what are your final thoughts on just, um, you know, how far everything has come along just in the last four years? I mean, it's crazy to think that now, you know, we finished seven years of realignment and now we're adding – uh, an old friend of ours, UConn, to the league uh, starting in July. Yeah, I think it just, to your point, after seven years of realignment, just the consistency, right? Like that's, I don't know if it's necessarily a change, but it's, you know, the, the conference proven uh, over the years that it's a very, very good basketball conference, and now it's consistently a very good basketball conference. Um, and I think that has made it so exciting. and can we'll make it can you know it'll continue to be exciting because of that and uh i think not necessarily a change that i've seen but more just the the consistency of strength within the conference that has made it so special d-ray any final thoughts yeah like i mean i I can't back up more you know back up kev more on that it's the consistency of it is how the team's performing not only the tournament but also you know um throughout the year, you know, I, I think that that speaks volumes. And with UConn coming in, obviously that, that just, it, it, it takes things to another level. I, this might be a hot take, but I feel like UConn is, UConn coming back is going to be the start of several teams making their way back towards the Big East. Um, okay. I, I, would, I would love to see that. Like, I, I got to be honest, Lord knows Boston College ain't done nothing in the ACC. I would love for them to be back in there. You know what I mean? I would love for a Notre Dame um, to join. Even though, you know, despite their success in the ACC, I would love to see them back in it. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, being right there with Xavier and that crosstown rivalry, not only just them as two teams in Cincinnati, them and Xavier, but as two teams in the Big East. So I got a feeling UConn is going to be the start of it. A team conference just doesn't sound right to me, but it's 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 only getting better. It's only getting better, man. And I'm I'm happy that you know East Coast basketball still has, uh, you know, such a place, especially in college athletics. Yeah, and 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 I I still got to shake my head at everyone who said the Big East was gonna die in a in a blaze of glory seven seven years ago now, yeah. and yet here we are. Big East is still, you know, honestly, it, it not only did it came come back, it came back maybe as strong as it's ever been. I mean, that might be a hot take in itself, but from top to bottom, man, I don't think you can find a better conference in college basketball right now. And, you know, I, and again, two guys that have, has helped, have helped make this league so great. And the two guys on a championship team that gave the biggies again, it's first national championship since realignment back in 2016 from Villanova, Daryl Reynolds and Kevin Rafferty, uh, two of the big pieces behind the Twitch stream that finally settled the age-old debate, who is better, 16 or 18. Go back and watch it on Twitch and YouTube. Just search WSOE again. Guys, thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your day. And, again, stay safe. And I can't believe I'm saying this to you guys, but I'm I'm keeping those bees up for y'all. Stay safe. <laughs> thank you. You too. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right, y'all, time to wrap this baby up. 
First and foremost, big thank you again to Kevin Rafferty and my man D-Ray, Daryl Reynolds, for joining me to talk about the amazing event that they put on for a great cause and settling that age-old debate as to which team was better, 2016 Nova or 2018 Nova. Uh, If you didn't see it already or heard about the result, definitely check out that Twitch stream that's available again on Twitch and on YouTube as well. Just search WSOE. And listen, coming from a Seton Hall guy and one who heckled a lot of those guys who were participating in the event, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I couldn't get enough. I liked it so much. And the reason why is because, honestly, more than anything, you know, even though we might be rivals on the court, this conference of ours is one big fraternity. And that's the truth. You know, we may have a lot of differences in terms of being rivals on the court, maybe even off the court in some instances, but again, we're all just one big family with one common goal, and that's to be the very best and most deep conference in all of college basketball. And that's what makes the Big E special. And coming up on the next episode of the Igloo, I know it was supposed to be on this one, but... I promise this interview will go up. Braden Anderson, former Seton Hall forward, will join me. He did something back in the 2015-16 academic year that I don't believe anyone else has ever done, which is playing high-level D1 college hoops and going to law school at the exact same time. He's going to talk about that experience and... His rise to fame in high school as one of the best high school players in all of Canada growing up, being looked at by the best of the best, one of those schools being the Kansas Jayhawks, and his journey, how he ended up at Fresno State after that, and then Seton Hall being a member of a historic team that won the Big East Championship back in 2016, the school's first conference title in the Big East at the time in 23 years. So he'll share his memories about that and his overall scope on collegiate athletics and just so much more. I promise it is a really, really good interview and that will be on the very next edition of the Igloo So be on the lookout for that, as well as May Madness, where I will be sharing the results of that simulated NCAA tournament that I did. I revealed the bracket back on April 1st. So now is the time. This month, we're going to see the results. I already know them, because I I already did the simulation, but for anyone that doesn't know already... You're going to get to hear those results then. So until next time, this is Timmy Ice signing off from the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in and stay safe out there.